0: Hey, my friend, welcome to the Living a Better Story podcast. You know, sometimes we call this podcast an experience because all throughout the mass variety of amazing guests we have on the show, you'll hear stories of overcoming trauma, hitting record-breaking business growth numbers, forgiving the unforgivable, and yes, even miracles that will shock and inspire you. My name is Daryl Stinson, and I'm one of the content producers here. I trust that you're already living an amazing story, but whether you are or not, we are here to help you live a better one. The process is simple. No matter where you are in business or life, we are going to show you how to complete your past, tell the truth about your current reality, and empower you to live a better story. As you hear stories that inspire you and information that can help you, please do us a favor, subscribe to the podcast, share with others, and let us hear about the goodness that's happening in your life. All right, my friend, that's all for now. Go enjoy the episodes and get ready to swing open wide the door to unlimited opportunities. Hey,
1: everybody, Chad Burmeister, and I'm your host of the Living a Better Story podcast Today, I'm with someone that is just put here by God himself. I tell you what, Legacy 5 Consulting is the name of his company. He's been at it for 20 years. Brian Hurd is the founder, CEO, Legacy 5 Consulting. And uh, guess what he helps people do? Become kingdom leaders. And he gets behind people and he helps them. And what an amazing uh, individual. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you. Brian, thanks for being here today.
2: Well, I'm excited to be a part of this. Thanks for reaching out. And it's uh, it's a, a blessing to get to share journey and story of what God's doing with fellow journeymen for sure.
1: Well, times, they are a changing, right? If you look back over the rear view a couple years with the virus, with all kinds of political and up, you know, just stuff, yep. it, There's got there's times I've noticed that were difficult along the pathway. And yet, That's when God goes to work. And that's what I've discovered. Three traumatic situations this year for me Mm -hmm. that I wouldn't have changed any of them because they get you closer to God to a level that you would not believe. So that's what we're going to talk about. Before we go there, I want to dig into your, your background. So you're in the Dallas area. My parents were, or my grandparents uh we're in Richardson, as I mentioned. Um, tell me about when you were younger. Were you always from Dallas? What was your passion? What was your thing as a kid? Yeah, I was actually an Oklahoma boy born born there, but my uh
2: all my kid folk are from there. But we moved to Dallas when I was four. So I, I got a lot of ribbing of being not a true Texan, but uh, have spent most of my life, except for a couple of strategic journeys, in in this area. And so it's just been home. I think it's where God is. Uh, planted us and built the foundation and then brought us back to here about 11 years ago as well. So as a boy, um, boy sports and people and just family, those are the things that I remember most uh, when I look back on times that were uh, just filled with joy and fulfillment.
1: Is there, is there a story that you might think about, Um, I just shared with you, I found my Pinewood Derby car. And I remember my dad was a radiologist, so he wasn't an engineering type. He was a good analytical thinker. We won that race and it was so neat, you know, And to to refine it. It's missing a wheel now, but it's still the same thing that I could touch and feel. And the oozing of competition in my life has just been part of it always. Is there something that. That really sticks out to you that that led that may have led you to what you're doing now. Yeah, you know it's a great
2: question because I it's fun to think through what is early that would tie you to today. And just just as you pose that, I think about provision um, and God's way of providing. And so part of my journey was my dad left at age seven, and so it was my mom working a couple of jobs. Um, I was a, a single. Uh, child at that time, have had some stepsisters and stuff since then. But I remember that uh, she would just be very open with finances and the way that God would provide in in very unique ways. And so a lot of what I do now is helping my clients and kingdom leaders, you know, think about abundance. And just, and so I think just early on, just having that mindset, I wouldn't have known it at the time, but there was just an abundant mindset that we can See uh, God f- kind of come into our lives and, and really help us with our dreams and vision, and not have this scarcity mindset. Uh, so I think that was
1: modeled for me early on. I love that. There's a person I was introduced to recently named Noah, and he wrote a song called "His Handiwork," and the mm-hmm. opening goes, "I know you question your worth. Who doesn't? <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, yes. And and then he and then after a few uh, sentences, he talks about how God feeds the sparrows like they, you know, they don't have to go out and work for it. They they just yes. wake up and they eat. And he talks about a few of the Bible verses around that. And when you can put your mind around that, God will provide for you regardless. It's it's amazing. Um, and I just talked to another colleague who was like, Chad, hey, I'm helping you write the kids' books, and I, I'm a little light on business for two months what can we do? And we brainstormed through dozens of ideas. And, and then I ended up signing up with them for another kid's book because I was like, well, yeah, this is obvious. Let's go. Yes. Uh, so many people look and keep it in the box. And if you just pray about it, God, what, what creative ideas do you have for me? Man, it's just there. You just have Amen. to ask. I love that. So tell me about a challenge that you may have faced in your life. It sounds like just from the tone of your voice, when your dad left at age seven, that's a stinger. And, you know, let's, let's go there a minute because I talked to my wife today, in fact, about something. We have a friend of our family who his mom was not a nice lady, told him he was worthless basically. And, and yet, it caused him to go out and learn how to train 1.3 million people in the human transformation movement. He became best friends with John Denver. He owned a mansion in the mountains and a private jet, and he made it in terms of the normal American way. Right. Um, Looking back, there's two things that I would say if I were talking to Robert right now, number one would be forgive because, hey, She had her limitations and that's why she put it on you. And so even as hard as it was for years or decades, you forgive, forgive and move on. But the second one is the hardest one. And my wife was really having a hard time with this. And my daughter too. Thank, thank them. Like his mom Mm -hmm. has moved on. Thank you, mom. Like if I was praying, thank you, God, for giving me my mom because of her terrible, you know stuff that happened in my life i felt worthless and i thank you for that because now it's caused me to light a fire and become the best version of myself so that other people can you know and that so is there something in there maybe with your dad or something else that was challenging for you that caused a similar forgiveness and uh, and thankfulness almost for the pain
2: yeah that that totally resonates you know looking back um when my dad left at age seven um you know at that time it just rocked my world you know i didn't i didn't i can still picture sitting in front of that uh window sitting there and and watching him leave and just not knowing how to compute everything but you know sitting here at age 52 chad that i look at that as where god stepped into my life in a major way and so It was a year later that I was hearing an evangelist talk about a heavenly father, had no concept of what that meant. But man, I was tuned in because, you know, that father figure was what it was all about for me. So it led to me really coming to knowledge of Christ and accepting Christ at an early age. But really, the redemptive part started when uh, I just started having men come into my life, coaches, coaches. Uh, people at our church, like like things that probably wouldn't have happened if they would have looked at our family as kind of a whole normal family. But because my dad was absent, um, men stepped in, and and I didn't know you know what they were doing at that time. But I remember fishing with great guys, and you know going to ball games, and and kind of having those experiences that I would long for with my dad, but with other men, and and. Really at age 21 is when I had my first spiritual father come into my life and and really to share what you were talking about. He said, you know, Brian, you've got to get away and learn how to forgive your father and spend a couple of days really seeking the Lord. I, I remember being angry thinking forgive my father. What? I, yeah. like, Why would I, I do, do that? What a jerk. What, what part did you miss? And, <laughs> and I remember um, my dad and I were doing some insurance stuff, but we didn't have a real deep relationship. And I got away and I sought the Lord. And I remember going to him and just apologizing and asking for forgiveness. And it was really the first time that our relationship started to shift. <laughs> and so I can Kind of fast forward. I've had so many great mentors in my life, and I, I really think it was b- because of my story. And then he found now, and we have been dear friends. And we're—he's a grandfather of my my grand my three uh, boys, and just it's a whole different experience. So you talk about a redemptive experience. I think if I would have not uh, seen the Lord work, that could be the thing that shaped me in the worst way. But in some ways, it led to really everything I'm about in seeing God work in my life.
1: Man, so fresh experience, September 23rd, 2021, 337 in the morning, I've got the virus and I'm laying in bed and my heart rate or my, my, um, oxygen level went down to 72 and it's been 90 for a while for, for five, six days in a row, it's 72. Mm-hmm. And my wife's in the other room, self-quarantining my son's room. Cause he's up at college. So is my daughter. And I look at the wall and the nebulizer's over there and I need to get to it. But I'm so like, God, I, I don't know if I can get out of bed. My head pounds. I'm I have a fever. This is bad. I'm like, okay, I gotta do it. So I go over, sit against the wall, and start nebulizing. And I, I know from experience that moves the, the rate back up by five or six. So I'm sitting there and all of a sudden everything narrowed in and I saw a narrow tube. And I was like, okay, this is this is close. And I'm going, crazy. I found oh. I sounded like a zombie. Crazy, <laughs> come. I knock on the wall and she's a sound sleeper. I'm a light sleeper and she's 30 feet away. So, so I, I just prayed. I said, God, if you need me to come over now, I'm yours. If you need me there, bring me. I said, wow. now, now I'd rather not. And I was like, and I prayed, I said, And and, because as I said it, I'm like, but wait, I have two kids and I want to see their grandkids and I and I'm working for you now. Just when I got the job with you, I, I don't think it's my time yet. But if it is, that's okay. I've done everything that I feel is right in my mind and my soul. So take me if you need me. Two seconds later, he tells me, stand up, go to the bathroom. I go and I threw up about an ounce of throw up. And it cleared my head. Like when I go to Alaska fishing with my dad and my brother, sometimes you throw up and you feel better. So he cleared my slate. Let me go back to sleep for four or five hours. The next day my wife comes in and I was like, I I was 10 minutes from the end of the road last night. I was like, that's the words that came to mind. And now we've written a song about it over the last week. And I got the I got the first rendition back from the co-writer and uh, and singer, and and so the point there is, <clears throat> man, I was close. I was ten. Every we've all not all of us, but a lot of us have been ten minutes from the end of the road, whether it's financially or spiritually or a car accident or whatever. Someone dies, and what do you do in those moments? And I was like, God. I'm, I'm yours, right? That was my phrase. I am yours. You've got me, please. Anything that's, that's upset in my life and out of alignment. I take it. any sin, anything Mm. that I had thoughts on that were bad, please just take it. It's yours. And I tell you, man, everything I am, I am the true definition of reborn Christian right now. And it's only been like 12 days. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, it's powerful.
1: It's powerful. Yeah, it's so, so neat. It's, uh, there, there's people that
2: need to hear that story. and it's amazing how we can talk about uh, some of the definitions of success, but when we think about what God's definition is, it's showing up in those areas of our greatest need or pain or the end of our rope. And yet, you know, I think for both of us, when we look back, we see those are the times where God really shaped us. And yeah. I think about that word of transforming. It's not something we can do. It's only something he can do in and through us if we'll allow him to do it. And it's that's, that's a transforming uh, experience, it sounds like, for sure.
1: Well, and what's neat is we started living a better story in January, February timeframe. It's a podcast it's an intensive we bring people in for four day workshops we help transform them um and so in 75 of these conversations like we're having now, there are some deep stories and yeah. when you hear the same yeah. thing over and over your dad uh yeah. my dad my my when i thought my dad didn't love me when I was a kid because he didn't say it he didn't come to all my soccer games so I made up a story that he didn't love me he worked on the weekends he was a radiologist so he didn't see me all the time he, but he was home for dinner most nights and so it's funny because your your story of your dad is different than mine and yet i made up a lie in my head that i had a similar situation that's right and it's wrong and so so many people continue to tell this lie over the years that when you can go inside and you can look at it and slow it down and say, whoa, 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 dad loves me. Actually, it turns out it was a big deal. Well, and I, I think, uh, I think we rejoice in that, but
2: also those that may not have our journey of that redemption, hmm. there's still that blessing of a father, but it can be that father figure. That's and right. I just think God has a way of, of any area that we're lacking of interceding with that. Like I said earlier, I've just had so many great men in my life and I think that was part of God's plan to we need that blessing to grow up into manhood, to, to understand our purpose and our security and where that where that lies. But it doesn't always have to be in a traditional father. I think God has a way of it's a part of his provision, right? Whatever we're lacking, he has a way of of a plan that we may not think is our plan, but he'll fill that void for uh, for us.
1: Yeah. That I, I'm glad you brought that back because you're right. Not everybody has that, but if you can align and know that, Hey, your creator made you with a purpose. Yes. And, and this, this one clicked for me recently when he, imagine your creator standing across from you and maybe you're on a zoom with them right now. And you're like, Hey, creator, what mm-hmm. do you think? And he sees you as 100% perfect. All of the any yes. flaw, like any, f- th- there are no flaws. He's like, dude, I made, do you understand? No, I made you like, yes. I, I I wanted you to wear those glasses. Do you understand? <laughs> you know, like, like dad, that little extra size nose, you know, that's just dude. Like that's you. It's you. I made it. So and then, and then the other, the stuff, the baggage that you've carried, imagine yes. he just doesn't even see it. Right. It's like, no, no, but I'm wearing a blue shirt. It's like, no, no, but I don't see the blue. I see, I see white as white can be. It's clean. You're good. I've forgiven you already, mm. man. That stuff is so deep. That's so true. I I'm, I'm going through a
2: process right now. I don't know if you've ever, uh, uh Craig Shell is a pastor here in Oklahoma and he's got I I, I had a uh, watched a sermon of his a, a while back called Words to Live By. And he was talking about that same comment, Chad, that um, if we could see ourselves in the way that God would see us and and then the ability to be able to formulate kind of words and, and things over our life that remind us daily of who we are and him not, not, not those things. Like I I can be jealous of your hair. I'd love to, uh, but I'm made this way. So I, but those, but those things are our strength. If we, if we really lean into God and it's just been powerful. And I even, I even have a book right here by a good friend of mine called the power to bless. Mm. And so the opportunity to speak life into other people, um, this has just been a year for me, even, even kind of being mature in the Lord over all these years, but to, to really get back to this place of who, how God sees us, and how to reinforce that—not only in ourselves, but that to, to really be able to speak that in others—and I think it's been needed for how you open it up. It's been a crazy 18 months, mm-hmm. and 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 people's foundations have been shaken, and there's been really tough times, and we, you know, we're sharing some of those ourselves. But the foundation and what we have access to in Christ and His words and His promises those those are so much greater than the season we're in and what better time to press in and lean into
1: that well sometimes i think is this just all part of the plan cuz i always thought who who's in charge here over the last 18 years? <laughs> like who's playing some maybe there's some aliens playing a game of checkers on another planet in a different universe and we're just mm. the downstream impact of that but i but under it all my underlying theme song was no, God's in charge. He uses these times to, to get to what he wants to get to, to show yeah. his love. And yes. so just like the pain we've been talking about here, man, people have experienced that there's been inner inner dialogues between family members that have gone astray. And we've got to remember to lean in on that and not let politics and yes. stupid stuff get in the way, man. It's Love, love your, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. My grandfather sent me a list of 10 things when I was in eighth grade from Mm -hmm. Richardson. And number one, love the Lord, your God, heart, mind, soul. Number two, love your neighbor as yourself. Yes. The other eight have always been kind of like, Hey, if you forget those, Chad, these are the top two you need to remember. That's right. If everybody could just do that, it would be, and, and I feel like, I'm leaning. We gotta lean in as a society, as a world, as a human race to do that. And yes. we got to race to the finish line to make sure everybody's loving on each other. Man, that's right. Such so tell wonderful. me, tell me more about your passion now. Legacy Five. Um, your website says experienced organizational consulting, uh, roadmap assimilation, effective teams, revenue improvement. What kinds of people and companies do you work with? And what's a typical engagement? you know what what does that look like? How does How does it work for you?
2: Yeah, sure. So I, you know, I really love working around um, kingdom visionary leaders. So part of the legacy for me is that the reason I named the company, the way I named it is I, I've got three boys, so there's uh, five of us. And I'm all about kind of that transformation when I when I work with clients. I want there to be an ability to say, man, we're really building something that's going to sustain and scale. And and so that legacy word means a lot to me. So that's part of the reason the name Um, kind of how it plays out is is obviously I'm working with mostly clients that are uh, nonprofits or are are visionary business leaders that really want to, you know, have a vision and and need some help in kind of working in that 30,000 to 1,000 foot space where there's strategy and processes and and execution and implementation. That's really my sweet spot, kind of as a people manager and project manager to step in and for an interim time to really help them get movement and clarity. And so uh, a lot of the times with the teams, I have a tool that I've used for a long time called TeamSight, but it's really to help build culture of where people fit and and really how they interact so that we can increase communication. Um, you know John Maxwell talks about closing that gap from knowing to doing. So a lot of what I'm doing is just helping clients really help build that that culture within their team, their roles, and then be that encourager and coach to come alongside them to say, keep the main thing, the main thing, because especially in the in the nonprofit world, so many folks get you know distracted by so many different things. And so they still have things they want to accomplish within the year that are going to move the needle uh, that really have more impact. And that's really the kind of engagements I'm working with them on, whether it's strategy projects or funding some of the vision. So helping them connect to those that would really be partners
1: in, in the organization as well. So if someone's listening right now, maybe they're in New York and they made a health decision not to get vaccinated. And they sure. found themselves fired without a job. There's thousands of these folks around the country right now, probably tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands. And maybe they already had the virus, and they have the antibodies, and they feel they don't need it, right? Right, uh, right. like me. Yes. What would you say to them? I, you know, I'm reading this book called uh, Your God Given Identity, and when you talk, it's by Rico Macdori mm-hmm. When you talk about Finding where people fit in. This book is really amazing. It does a great job of, you know, your fingerprint is we're unique. What's your unique fingerprint in the world? I believe personally that these folks who have found themselves disenfranchised will need to become entrepreneurs now and figure yes. out how do they, what's the skill set they've developed? Maybe they're a librarian, maybe they're a legal person, maybe whatever. But guess what? In the virtual world, you can stand up a website, you can stand up your personal branding, your message, your outreach, your nonprofit within yes. days, not weeks. Um, what would you say to that person? How would they get started? Would would you be open to meet with them and spend a half an hour and talk with them?
2: Yeah, I I, I certainly would. My life's been shaped by people willing to answer my call and give me advice and direction. Um you know, one thing that comes to mind that really came clear for me in answering that question more philosophically is in 08, I had some really deep time with the Lord. And, I, and at that time, I was frustrated. I was doing some good things, but I was frustrated with how to type her vision to what my skill sets were. And, and I felt like God was just saying, you're asking the wrong questions. Hmm. And so through seeking him, um, I've really created, uh, if I had a visual, I'd kind of draw three circles. But what is my purpose and kingdom calling? And that was one circle for me to really get clarified on that. And and I've got a website that is is called BrianLHerd.com. I'm probably the only one that goes to it, but it's it's why I exist. It's my purpose. It's what is my foundation. The other circle, Chad, was uh, provision. So what does that look like in different seasons of life? And how does God want to provide? And then the third was assignment. And where has God assigned me? And so when I when those three things became standalone, I still look for opportunities where they'll cross over. But I think more importantly, the, the depth of your question is getting back to what am I uniquely designed to do? Because I don't have to have a paycheck to do that. Part of that for me, on my epitaph, I wanted to say he encouraged and blessed others. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't have to be paid to add value and bless others. And And I'll say this, the thing that we most need in life if we give that away, God just has a way of multiplying it.
0: Yeah. So, if we
2: need money, it's funny how if we seed money into somebody else, but if we need encouragement, if we need blessing, you know, it's it, a lot of times our job is to do that with others. So, I think understanding what is that purpose, if some people are being shaken, and then what does that assignment look like tied to my skill set, and then how may God provide? I think this is a time people can step back and. I I would believe coming out of this, really look at this as a turning point to where they'll look back and say, it was that season where I really, really started to be fulfilled in what I get to do.
1: Well, there's a tool. I had the founder of this company called On Purpose join me and it's on purpose.me. And he it's, it's a $20 software tool, one-time fee down to eight bucks on his site. And it was the best eight bucks I spent in years Uh, better than a big Mac (laughs) In our inflation economy, um, so I go in and you bracketize the words, just like you're going Florida State versus Ohio State, and you you put these mission statements up. <clears throat> you don't write them; they're already there, and you just say which one's more like me. By the time you get to the end, you get to two to three words. It took me about ten to twelve minutes. My two words: embracing grace. Embrace grace. Yes. Embracing, okay. not embrace, but embracing because it's an active verb, right? You actively have to be embracing it, not just do it one time. You have to remember Powerful. to embrace. So so then, of course, as God would have it, I meet a guy named Jarvis Guthrie a couple of weeks ago who's building a farm in Florida that is that he uh, inherited from his dad who passed in 19. And he's an ex. He was in prison for a year or two for attempted burglary and he found Mm -hmm. Jesus in prison through a minister there. And now he's helping prisoners get back reintegrated into society and ministering them, building a farm, building he's, he's uh, we're helping him raise $25,000 by November and launch the farm. That's a
2: perfect example of, of things that are coming out of this. And I believe we're going to see more of that. And so, um, but we need to be with each other. I think that's what you said earlier. You asked me if I would answer calls. I certainly would, because the us linking arms, this, this has been part of the season as we've been more isolated and distracted. And I don't know about you, Chad, but for me, I don't do my best work when I'm trying to think through what's next or get clarity. I'm better when I'm surrounded with people that I'm, you know, that are encouraging me, that are listening, that are speaking back into Sharing their journeys. I mean, that gives us that gives yeah. us encouragement. And yes. I'm going to check out this on purpose tool as well. I I feel like that's a season of these. Well, worms. and
1: they have a reseller kind of partner model. And so I uh, because I know Kevin, he he gave me a free link to sign up. It's like a four hour thing on the 12th of October. So uh, I'll check that out, and we'll we'll get you the link. Um, Love Okay, A couple more questions, and then and then we'll wrap. This is amazing dialogue. If you could wave the proverbial magic wand and just say, "Boom," what would change everything for you? Um, I, I have some ideas, but you know, what's wow. the thing that would be so amazing that you just said? Oh, I, did I it. love I love that question, and
2: I, I think what comes to mind for me is I've been really praying about a different funding model. So I'm in a traditional kind of consulting transactional type world but the word the work the work that I seek to do is much more transformational and you know I I would love to look at working with more investors and foundations mm-hmm. that would see what what we're doing with with organizations and be willing to be more of the funding in and the, what would that do for me it would remove that transactional to where I could just focus on those areas that are really the most impactful, Create Legacy. A lot of the, the my hardest challenges, uh, I have a lot of smaller nonprofits that are needing help, especially in the season, but they just don't have dollars for coaching and consulting. And you can, you know, you're limited by how much you can do. And so I've been given a lot of thought to building different types of programs and training to where I can invest in those that are coming to me. You just said another one. You know, there's people being laid off that should be reassigned, possibly in kingdom work, and I, would, I think changing a funding model for me—that uh, would—that would just take. I mean, I would just be thrilled about what that would open up doors to do.
1: I love it. Well, let's. Um, it's funny. I talked to a nonprofit uh, colleague. He's helped three thousand companies become nonprofits, wow. and it's called InstantNonprofit.com. And his name's Christian. Of course, it is. Yes. <laughs> And um, he charges like five, 600 bucks and he gets everything done for you. So it's just so valuable compared to the other options. Um, Huge. And we had the same talk about how do you do it? He goes, Oh, believe me, I've done this 3000 times. I have some ideas. Let's, let's get together for lunch soon. Um, and I have some ideas having been a serial entrepreneur, SaaS guy, uh, yes. with subscription models and things. Um, uh, you know, let's, let's stay in touch there. There's, there's there's a model that I know uh, that I know will work. Okay, tell me this question, and we've already hit on it once. So maybe you could tell a second story. But is there a time God showed up in your life where you knew it was undeniably Him? Like like when I was on the floor the other night, sitting on the, He was there. And I've yes. heard of people that haven't experienced Him. Share your experience of the Lord, so that when they see it, they go, "Oh, that's that's what it is."
2: Absolutely, yeah. My I've got three boys. My youngest is 17, and when he turned about 18 months, um, over over that a two year period, we almost lost him twice. And it ended up he was diagnosed with something like cyclic vomiting syndrome. But whatever would trigger it, he would start vomiting to where we, we two different times he was in the hospital where it was touch and go. One time it was ICU for seven days, and Oh, man. I mean, you know, God at that time uh, just was reminding me that my boys aren't mine, that he cares. I I would have told you before that, that God loves them more than I do, but I wouldn't have really believed it. (laughs) Um, And I think that process of handing over my son to the Lord was just the ultimate uh, feeling of hopelessness, but yet faith that God had him, you know, regardless of, of if his life was going to be short or, you know, here he is 17 years old today, six, three and flourishing in a lot of areas. And, um, that, that was a very, um, yeah, that, that's, that's the, that's the time that steps out. And I had a mentor tell me that, you know, God has to pound all of us into kind of where he would want to bring us. And it's been interesting to watch my youngest son, how sensitive he is to the Lord. He doesn't have a lot of memory of all the times in the hospital, that's more my wife and I and just those. But it's been really interesting to see kind of what God did with all the prayer and just meeting us at that time. And so, um, man, he was faithful. He was faithful to us to where we got to a point to where we could say it's well with our soul, regardless of the outcome of our son. What's your son's name? Uh,
1: his name's Colin. Colin. Um, your son was 18 months Mine was 18 years, and this was February of this year. He faced second, third degree burns on his face and hand from a cooking fire in his kitchen. And so same precise what you just described. That was trauma number two for me this year. uh, If I go back from COVID to that and you pray, you pray. He goes, mom, dad, my face and hands are badly burned. Half of my face is burned off. Please send an ambulance. What do you do with that? So my wife goes there. I go to the ER. We meet, um, I mean, oh. three hours later. And it was bad. Um, it was bad. God needed to intervene, which he did because we prayed, prayed, prayed. And and by the time, there, if you check out 77pray.com after this, the whole five-minute story, including the pictures before and after, gory as they are. Yes. You will not believe the healing power. It was a hundred percent miracle. Just like you experienced with your 18 month old. Amen. Amen. It strengthens us as well. Doesn't it? Just oh, sharing those stories. When you could just see it, man. Come <laughs> on. Right. Yeah. Okay. Last question is my favorite and I change it a little <clears throat> because I know your answer. If I ask it, <laughs> the way I ask it, <laughs> If I say, what role does faith play in your journey? You'll say everything. So I don't ask that anymore. So now I ask define faith for what it is, what does it mean to you? I think when we are seeking the Lord
2: and God gives us a vision or, or the plans or, or just, I think faith is stepping to where into that place that God has shown us, but we don't have any security for stepping into that place. So, so we're, He he tends to share with us the opportunities, but it's our job to really step in and trust him and that step into that, that, that place, that promised land, whatever that may look like, that takes faith. Uh, That takes faith. And I think at times he's good to us to move us through circumstances. And at other times he gives us the opportunity to step voluntarily. And that might be, you know, leaving what's secure or what's, what you can define and see for that really supernatural step. And that's only with him. I think the only way we can do that is in that peace, And, and I do think he, he, I don't think it's hard, Chad. I think it's, I think it's, um, that journey of faith that he brings that peace that passes all understanding that goes along with it so that we can step no matter each, either way the outcome is going to be good because we're growing closer to him. Um, It's a great question, but that's, I don't know if I've articulated as much as, uh, there's something very intentional, I think, in the faith journey between our relationship with the Lord and seeing Him move in ways that really activate uh, uh,
1: kind of the gifts and, and the calling that He's given us when we roll into exercise in that. Well, Brian, it's been amazing talking to you. Um, let me play the first 30 seconds of His handiwork because I think it summarizes everything we've just talked about. And then, and then I've never closed in prayer on the air, and we're going to do that today. So, I love um, it. Here we go. Let me play the first thirty seconds of the song. If God knows even. Oh, that's not the first thirty seconds. That's uh, that's the. Um, need... If God knows even then by Let's get back to the beginning, and uh, I see it hasn't synced. Okay. Um, I'll play this part of the song. It's not the first part, but it's the middle.
3: He knows your heart. He sees your face. You are his handiwork. Oh, child, you are covered. By its infinite grace, like an umbrella in the rain Ooh. The winds will push, the winds will pull but its grace alone will keep you still. It always has it always. Our God clothes with lilies and roses that grow. If you won't let them toil or spin, why do you worry? But oh, child love his.
1: You are his. Amazing, right? So amazing. Let me end cap this with <clears throat> Noah was the first person to be prayed for in the 77 Pray app. He got double pneumonia. His heart rate was down to 28. And this was two months ago. He wasn't supposed to be sent home from the ER that day. Got bad to worse. Just like my son, just like mm-hmm. yours. We prayed for him. We crowdsourced it in my new prayer app. I um, my, called my mom. She goes, oh, yeah, I, I just read about God talking through the thunder. I called my business partner. He goes, God just talked through the thunder. And then 30 minutes later, we got a text from the person who put the prayer up and said, you're not going to believe it. It's a miracle. He's going home. The the second part is his mom ended up getting it. She did not make it. She was 51 years old. And so I think of me and my kid relationship and I would trade places with my son any day. Yes. And I, I have to believe that she's celebrating on the other side going, I'm proud of Noah. He wrote this amazing song. He's here amen. And even though it's a sad outcome for people here,
3: mm-hmm.
1: eternity, man, it's, it's going to be okay. So yes, a uh, very, very interesting story. So, well, let's, um, let's finish in prayer, Brian. This has been an awesome talk. Uh, God, heavenly father, thank you for bringing Brian Hurd on the show today. It's, mm-hmm. it's an absolute pleasure to speak with him and to have him share his testimony with us. Um, He shared some painful moments when his dad left at age seven, and he can still picture that moment when he walked out the driveway and when his 18 month old nearly had problems and, and almost didn't make it 10 minutes from the end of the road really resonates when you hear that. And, and, and you, and when he turned over the guidance of his son to you, you protected Colin and you actually you blessed him beyond a reasonable doubt. God, you perform miracles. Um, I just thank you for Brian and for all the work he's done for 20 years and will continue to do. Help him find the path to the foundation or the monetization or whatever that means for him, so that he can do your work untethered to a need for any financial considerations from here into eternity, so that. Your word can be spread throughout the earth, and God, I just thank you for um, bringing this conversation to to the people. And in in your name, Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Thank you, my friend. All right, brother, you will so be and um, uh, yes, thank you so much, everybody. Thanks for joining Living a Better Story podcast. I think um, this here was the first prayer, and it's not going to be the last on this show from now on. Awesome. God's blessings, everybody who's listened today. Reach out to me or Brian. We're here. We're part of the kingdom mindset and we are available. So reach out so if you know how to reach us. God's peace.
3: Thank you for listening to another episode of Living a Better Story. We hope that today's show has inspired you to cultivate a better understanding of yourself so you can discover your God-given purpose and start living a better story. For the show notes, visit livingabetterstory.org forward slash podcast, where you can also find other helpful resources. Connect with us and join us again next time for another purposeful show.